This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we discuss how it isn't all that bad and speak with UK single mom blogger Vicki Charles. That was very funny. Um, so, <laughs> uh, we have a quieter woo today, and Biz will be using her quiet voice. Her inside my voice. My inside voice. Because Ellis is with us today. Yay. Yay. Ellis. We'll see how long our voices last like this. Uh, how are you, Teresa? I'm really good. Yeah? Yeah. Good. We, good. Uh, we, you look good. Thank you. She's like in workout clothes and they look amazing I, on her. I thank mean, you. I, I, I don't even know if she's, I think it's just like the, the color blue is just remarkable. <laughs> Whatever that you should get everything in this in color. In this color. Blue. Okay. Yes. I will try to do that. And in thank workout you. fashion. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think it's a little misleading because it makes it look like I really did. So I went for a walk. Still, still, but you got yourself dressed accordingly. Yeah. As opposed to, I find myself sometimes like in jeans and like head I know. flats and just like and totally you're just inappropriate. Like, at least I got out the door for a walk. Like, right. At least. I know. Right. But, but I feel bad about it because I'm like, I'm now extra hot and uncomfortable. I know. Right. I, know. I should just go home and watch The Closer. Well, what I try to do <laughs> is just put on workout clothes when I get dressed in the morning ah. because then I'm like, well, at some point today, I will take a walk. And then if I don't, then it's like really sad because then I wore workout clothes yeah, all day. No, but and then people out. think that you were working out. True. They think that you're the true. motivated mom. That's true. Score. <laughs> good job. So you're feeling good. Um, yeah, I'm feeling great. How are you? Well, I have a baby with me at the show, mm-hmm. uh, so that's good because I love my child so much. I just can't ever let him leave me. Um, so interesting, interesting story. So about a month or so, like a month after, he's, he was like a month, and I was looking at his beautiful open eyes, mm. and that's when I discovered that one of his pupils seemed much bigger than the other. Ooh. I know, and I was like, oh, my God, the tumor. Yeah. Um, actually, my first thought was blindness, mm-hmm. you know, like a sight problem. Mm-hmm. So luckily, my father-in-law is an ER doctor, mm-hmm. <laughs> though that does not make mm-hmm. him a pediatric specialist in any way. Mm-hmm. But I called and I said, look, I got a picture. I'm going to send you one pupil's bigger. Ah, it's just freaking me out. They both respond to light, so they were both moving. Because, you oh, know, like if your pupil's not right. moving, that's the bad side. Yeah. Uh, both pupils are moving. And then at other times, they're both the exact same size. Okay. But this stays. Like, so he says, you know, it I'm couldn't be muscular. I'm to look for this. Like, I well, feel I like didn't I've know never... to look for it. I just happened to be looking at it, okay. which then made me think how often I, I made me want to yeah. go check Catherine Bell. Right, yeah. Made me want to look at everybody. Right, I feel like I wouldn't notice. Well, then I was mad because I, I was like, how long has this last been doing <laughs> right. this? Right. A month is not making me a winner uh, in this scenario. So... Uh, so I emailed my pediatrician, who also didn't seem very imp- – no one seemed impressed, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I take him in just for his one, you know, two-month check or yeah, two-month checkup. And uh, she says, let's go see – we'll send you to an eye doctor. Of course, it wasn't doing it when I take him. Right. That was not happening. All the things that <laughs> we find odd about our child that we want to check with the doctor, not happening when we go see the doctor. Of course. So we go to the eye doctor, and I don't even think about the fact that they're going to dilate this kid's eyes. Oh, right. And this freaks me. I, that is freaky. I think like 15 years ago I had a glaucoma test, and it put me into shock. Mm-hmm. I do not like eyeballs. I do not mm-hmm. like touching eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I, I do not like 
them, Sam, I am. I do not like them mm-hmm. at all. And so I, of course, displaced all of this on my child mm-hmm. who gave two shits about having yeah. drops put in his eyes. Yeah. He didn't care about the numbing drops. And I was like, numbing drops. <laughs> didn't care. Uh, so we get through all this. We got to hang out for like an hour while his eyes dilate. She looks at him and she says, no, this is great. This is just to show you how your mind works. I'm like, one is bigger than the other. And she says, nope, one is smaller. What? The left eye was getting, I was like, the left eye's big. And she was mm-hmm. like, no, the right eye is small. actually small. It's not getting as big. And I was like, yeah, I've been looking at the wrong eye. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So she says. It's the same thing, It's the though. same thing, basically. <laughs> so we take a look, and she's like, look, all the muscles are fine. Like every, I don't see, and there's no other symptoms that would make you think of a list of horrible things. Mm-hmm. Horrible, what horrible things? like tumors and like what? other nerve damage diseases and all this. Yeah, I know. I was like, I just wanted to make sure I didn't have a blind baby yeah. who could only see ceiling fans. Like, I needed to make sure <laughs> that like we're okay. And she says, "Well, there's um, you know, we'll see him in a month to see, to see if any of these other horrible symptoms develop." Uh, but she doesn't think they are. Mm-hmm. And she says, "But there is one syndrome that you can only test in his age through urine. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna need to collect his urine." I was like, uh-huh. And she's like, you're going to need— Can you just, like, save the diapers? I know. That's what I said. Squeeze <laughs> them out. Clearly it. no. This woman had not, uh, did not have a very good sense of humor, oh. which means I never get along with doctors who don't think I'm charming. Right. Uh, so, so I'm thinking cut. But, no, there's actually this whole bag that you're supposed to tape onto them and, like, put them in their diaper. Oh, oh. And I was just like, yeah, sure, give them to me. Uh-huh. Not happening. Yeah, we're not doing Not that. doing this. Yeah. And it was Friday— and, like, no one gave me instructions. Actually, mm-hmm. I said to the nurse when she handed me the bags, are there instructions in this? And she just mm-hmm. kind of looked at me like that was the craziest question she'd ever heard. She mm-hmm. was like, no. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm sure there's a YouTube video somewhere mm-hmm. of somebody doing this. So I'm not supposed to collect it. I can't collect it till like, Sunday night because it can't just sit around for three days. Oh, right. Because it's urine. I don't know what the shelf. Again, keep it in the fridge, like well, I did. I didn't feel so, but like, so I didn't think about any of these things until Sunday night when it's right. time to collect the urine. I was like, uh-huh. we know it's coming. Right. We know the urine's He's coming. He's gonna pee. He's eventually. gonna pee. I got nothing better than to do than to hang out by this changing table, holding yeah. this bag over his penis, yeah. and just going, "Who's got a pee pee? Who's got a pee pee? Got a pee pee? That's pee 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 pee." Which, by the way, there are two words that make this child smile, and it is pee pee and poo poo. He is my child. Anyway, so uh, after ten minutes, I fill the bag. I feel like a genius. Uh huh. I uh, put it in the cup, and then again, I'm like, do I refrigerate this? Like, right. what am I supposed to do with this, like, tiny cabinet? They didn't tell me anything. So I go online. I just read the first site and assume it's fact. Mm-hmm. And they said, put it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, 24 hours is the max you got. The mm-hmm. shelf life of this pee yeah. is 24 hours. Yeah. So Monday we drop it off. It was, just, but it was just like one of those things where I'm like, I never had to do this. Yeah. This is one of the pee advantages of a boy. Oh, yeah. I looked at that bag, True. and I was like, I don't even know how I would collect the pee on Catherine Bell oh, in this. Yeah. I mean, that would be like— You would have to just, like, hold her. Hold her up. I don't even know. I yeah, how yeah. unsterile is that? I know. So, <laughs> the what child is sterile at this point? <laughs> so, anyway, uh, score one for boys' penises. Yeah. Uh, if you need urine samples. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's it. That's my exciting. This is what I've been up to cool. since we last saw each so other. So we still don't know if he has a we terrible disease. We don't know if he has a terrible disease. Okay. But this is, I, my, he my, looks pretty good to me. My instincts are, <laughs> and ceiling fan's instincts are, yeah. that he's fine. Okay. Ceiling fan and I have been talking about it. So we both think his eyesight is totally okay. Good. Yep. But then there's a whole hip issue. Anyway, so, <laughs> so you know, it was, it was good. Life is good. Good. 
And as a matter of fact, that's what we're going to talk about this week. Really? We're going to, I think, not only is this, I think, our one-year anniversary. Really? Of the show. Yeah, oh, I think so. Okay. I think we're roughly at about a year. Hmm. It's also our, technically our Valentine's Day episode. Oh, that's I, sweet. I know. Isn't it sweet? Yeah. So... I figure after about a year, we should talk about Say something nice, nice about having babies. <laughs> Seems wrong. Uh, let's see how that works out. Okay. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa? Yes? Babies are the best. <laughs> right? Actually, I have a question. Why have we never said anything nice about our, our children? I know. Or parenting. Really, or parenting. really fucked up. Yeah, what is that about? Well... Uh, yeah, because a couple of people on the forum, by the way, <laughs> we do have conversations on our forum, MaximumFun.org. That's right. Click on forum, or you can go to forum.maximumfun.org. Every episode. Every episode has its own thread. You can go there. You can chat about things that we talked maybe about. Maybe you maybe don't feel like sharing on Facebook for right. the entire world to see, including like your mom's or right yeah (laughs) um but yeah we do have a forum and um some threads have been more active than others but recently we've gotten a lot of feedback from people saying god you guys definitely made it clear that i should not have another child like god you guys why would anybody have more kids like oh my god you guys are doing great i'm so sorry and i swear to god i swear to you like i every time i read that it surprises me like i go what did we say so i think we in part i think we may be a little oblivious (laughs) to what we're doing and i think also in part (laughs) You know, the whole idea of this show was kind of to come here and sort of like... Vent a little. Yeah, it's to vent. It's a safe safe place to kind of yell and complain and like, or talk about things that aren't the best without feeling judged about it. Because, you know, I mean, and we've said that on the show, but you're like, I'm really tired and it's really hard to have this second child, blah, blah, blah. And most people will say, well... You asked for it. You yeah. did it. I'm going to judge you. Yeah, you should never have had kids. Children are a blessing. You? And they are all of those things. Yes. And I may be also all of those things. Yes. But this show is to give you that opportunity to, I don't know, let it loose. Yeah, kind of talk shit a little yeah, bit. Yeah, not enough of that but out there. I, but, yeah. yes. No, this is so. But here's the but. But here's the but. There are so many great things yes. that we never bother to talk, to talk about. about. And I think that kind of skews the reality. It skews the reality a little bit. And I, I want to preface this show, this particular segment, with we are going to say nice things about not only our our children, <laughs> our spouses, our you know, partners, and, and possibly even ourselves and the entire experience of parenting, which will make us both feel like we could be judged for saying anything nice. Yeah. This is not reflective on how you should feel. No. At all. No. We assume all of you are doing a much better job than us (laughs) and enjoying this way more. So with that said, with that said, let's see how far we can make it Mm -hmm. without saying anything negative. Okay. Because I will say, as I was trying to think of this, I was trying to think, like, like, when we came up with the topic, I was like, oh, easy. And I start, like, out loud saying what I was thinking about Mm -hmm. saying, and it was immediately backed up with sort of, like, 
Well, apologies. the flip side of that is... Apolo- yeah, apologies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let me apologize for feeling so great about yeah. my kids yeah. by saying that they're also horrible. Yeah. You know, like, you cannot yeah. tell or me... That, or saying that I have nothing to do with this. Like, right, maybe right. it's great, but it's not because of me. It's certainly not because of me. <laughs> right. So, so, again, we'll see how far we can take this. It'll be a good exercise. Good exercise. <laughs> At least we're getting some kind of exercise. <laughs> All right, Teresa. Yeah. Why do you like your kids? Oh, I get to start. Yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'll probably interrupt you. Don't worry. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I think this is. I think this is one that hopefully most people can get in on because it's like it's it's something that's that's wrong with our brains. Um, <laughs> but I just I love the fact that. My children are so irresistible to me. Like, I can't, like, I want to, like, eat them up every time I see them. Like, you know, like, the ba- the baby in the baby carrier with, like, the little legs sticking out oh, of the yeah. side that's, like, a little bit chunky with the bare foot that you just want to, like, grab and, like, eat. Um, and, like, just, I know it's ridiculous, but just, like, Simon's voice saying mommy even if he's asking for something or upset or anything, just right. hearing him talk to me and say "mommy," I mean, it kills me. It genuinely. Oh yeah, that first mama, me. that first mama that comes out. Uh-huh. Oh lord, yeah, that is like somebody giving you an injection of the best drug right? you've ever had. I know that first mama is awesome. But I think it. Goes I mean, on all mamas that too. follow. Yeah, like, I think it's just follow. like every time he says it, I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just... I am your so mother. Good. That's right. Yeah. And, like, Oscar's little smile with yes. his tongue sticking out while he's smiling. <laughs> I mean, it's just... I think, like, kids kids are cute. Babies are cute. That's the reality of life. But, like, your own <laughs> children to you are uh-huh. a special kind of, like, edible. Right. <laughs> edible. Yes. And Stefan wants to eat the children all the time. <laughs> yeah. I guess for me, it is the... Fear, and this is like just to step up. I mean, step, uh-huh. step on, over. step over, over, yeah. whatever. Um, it's just the f- joy I get from my fierce, undying love for them. Oh. I mean, like it is. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not. Are saying, we gonna make Lindsay cry? Probably make her cry. Again. <laughs> um, you know, like again, I'll admit, second child Ellis came out, and I had a little bit of like, uh, it wasn't. It was hard. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that same, like, amazing. Can I, I mean, Catherine Bell came out, and I was like, boom. Mm-hmm. Ma, I love you. Mm-hmm. I, of course, loved Ellis when, when he came out, but it was, like, about a month before I, that, like, insatiable, oh, my God, yeah. nobody touches baby. Yeah. It's my baby. This is my mine. baby boy. Yeah. I'm going to kill anybody. Oh, I just totally <laughs> made him snap off of my bosom. Because um, that's what we're doing. Like, how are you going to keep your baby quiet in the studio? Bosom. Uh, I will not talk about breastfeeding because that's not one of my favorite things. Uh, that said, I love seeing him. He's sleeping right now. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing his little face. Yeah. And I just I just love my children. Yeah. I just love them like a crazy person. You love them. I love them a great deal. And you love loving them. I love loving them. Yeah. Because, you know, I... Loving's not that easy for me sometimes. <laughs> and I love, I do, I love loving them. It is really <laughs> nice, and it's, it brings me such great joy. There's, I can remember there was this moment, I was sitting on the couch, and we're watching a movie, I had Ellis in my arm, and Catherine Bell was leaning against me, and it was totally one of those moments, like, I, I think I maybe even talked about this before, where I was like, who am I? Mm-hmm. How did I get to here? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've had friends come to me who I haven't seen in years and say, literally, I can't believe you're a mom. <laughs> Really? And I don't take it that person. I'm just like, 
I, you know, yeah, I had some wild times. But I, but uh-huh. I, I would say I, I had a number of lives uh, in my past, and but somebody just be so shocked that I have yeah. that I have kids. It just was like a weird thing for me. Again, totally did not offend me, but I was right. just like after like the third time, I was like, "How did hey, I have these kids? Is this a thing? What is this?" <laughs> so, but I remember they were both like laying on me, and it was just like, "Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. It's good. It's good stuff." <laughs> So those are two very positive things. We want to eat them and enjoy loving them. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. That's pretty good. I think those we're are, doing really good so far. Should I think we we're doing great. We're let's, let's stop right now. <laughs> or maybe move on to our partners. Would you like me to go first with partners? Um, or do you want to talk about Jesse? Um, I think maybe you should go first talking about partners. I don't really yeah. have a good de- like. Well, I, I, we talk a lot of Sometimes we talk a lot. Yeah. Of, I mean, sometimes partner. And the reason we want to mention partners is because definitely in the when you're venting, mm-hmm. oh man, who's the easiest person to vent about? Oh yeah, it's obviously you definitely don't want to vent about to your him. children. Yeah, it's well, it's all their fault anyway. Right, the spouse, they the are, partners, right. it's their fault. Yeah, so we should, <laughs> we should, we should maybe maybe we'll even use the sound cue. Let's take a moment. It's time to compliment your partner. So stay. <laughs> It's my favorite sound cue that we use. I love we, it. I think love we've only used it. it twice. I know, but that's kind of what makes it special. It makes it very special. <laughs> One of the things about having kids that uh, reflects on my relationship with Stefan is that it reminds me, especially at like our hardest times when like it's we're having a really tough time in terms of just being super tired and kids are going crazy and it's all those things that we normally talk about on the show. And then it, we like we survive it, and then like the next day everything goes really well, and we're just like super enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. I just realized like how lucky I am to have a good friend as my partner, not just yeah. somebody I'm madly in love with, but somebody who's like a really good friend. Yeah, because there's something about friends that are like they take you sort of for good and bad. Mm-hmm. And sometimes extreme love does not always take you for good and bad. Sometimes right. love can be a totally different thing. Totally, but it's it's just like oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God. It makes me feel calm and centered and, like, really lucky. Mm-hmm. So that's what I get. That's actually what having kids has done for my relationship. That's cool. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. still messes. It's still his fault. Everything. <laughs> right. But, right. But he's doing a good job. <laughs> um, I think yeah. I just failed our game. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that was that was. That was, was nice. positive. Okay, was that was positive. positive. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, like, in a similar in a similar way— I like how, like, having kids kind of creates this um, weird little social community inside your own house. <laughs> like, I really—and it's the same thing, like, with being friends with your partner. Like, you want to do that with somebody that you like spending a lot of time with yeah. because that's your— that's your group. Like, yeah. you had a group of friends in school. You had probably a group of friends when you were working. And, like, right. once you have little kids, you're, I mean, you're home a lot or you're doing stuff that kind of revolves around the little kids a lot. Right. Or, um, But it's really nice, like you say, to be friends with the person that you're doing that with. And I also just really like how when you have kids, like... You you don't have to go anywhere to like have that social stimulation. Like you have people. <laughs> oh, it helps. <laughs> like it, it does help. It does help. Uh, it, it, obviously, you need other kinds of social <laughs> stimulation. It can't be the only thing. But I like how 
in my house now, yeah. there's like always something happening. Like somebody's always doing something. Right. And there's always somebody to talk to. And there's always something like that. that <laughs> yes. I really like that. I do too. I think it's nice. It is nice. As a matter of fact, it's so nice. I'm not going to sit here and use my normal defense mechanism of making jokes. Teresa's like watching me like bite my tie because I want to make jokes. No, I know. Believe but me, when I thought about that, I thought of like seven things yeah. that were the flip side of that. And right. I was like, I mean, no. the moment you said somebody's always doing something, I mean, my brain almost <laughs> exploded uh, with venting. But all right. Now, here's the biggie. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure I have any answer for this. Okay. How, okay, the joy of having children, mm-hmm. how does that really affect you? Like, what did you personally kind of get out of it? I mean, like, what's your, like, if somebody says, what's so great about having kids? And you're mm-hmm. like, I mean, for you, mm-hmm. not just what's so great about having kids. Oh, I'm in love with my kids. What's so great mm-hmm. about, oh, it makes my relationship with my husband better. I guess those are both reflections of you. But is there anything that just sort of super stands out that's, like, totally selfish, yeah, for you. there is that I wasn't even going to talk about. But since you asked. Oh, yay. Um, yeah, I I this is weird. But like, I feel like when I had kids, oh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. OK, <laughs> I feel like when I had kids, I became my true self. Boom. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. Boom. <laughs> because I think in part. It's very fulfilling to me. It's something I always wanted, and so it's very rewarding. Right. But, like, to my core, like, things that I enjoy and care about doing and find fulfilling. But also, um, I think part of it is this feeling that, like, I stopped caring about being a different thing than who I really am because Mm. none of that mattered anymore. Like. There well, were there's a lot of, things. like, soul-searching, like, trying to figure out who you are, as it were. Uh-huh. I mean, all of us go through it. So you're saying that, like, kind of once you got settled with the kids, you sort of realized those things kind of washed away for you. Um, no, I'm talking about, like, the minute I had a baby, I, like, I stopped caring about a lot of things <laughs> that were swimming around in my head, like, you should be doing this, or you should be acting like this, or what does this right. person think of you, or what does that person think oh, of you? Oh, I see. That all so- sort of, like, went to the sidelines. And, like, who knows? Maybe that could come back when I have, like, a brain cell back in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, for now, it's I'm so absorbed with what I'm doing with my family that right. that other stuff kind of just, it's easy to sort of, like, let it wash away. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good. How about you? Well, I, you know, I it, it really wasn't until probably this having Ellis mm-hmm. that some of that kind of fell into place for me because, you know, I I got a lot. Of, I was I'm very much a project oriented person. Mm-hmm. So like there were lots of different phases of my life before having kids where I definitely was like, you don't want to be a comedian. OK, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to do comedy. I felt, you know, did I have a TV show, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. But I was really proud of like what I did there. And it was sort of like, OK, that I have, I'm happy with that. I feel like it's added to who I am. I feel like it defines me some. And there have been other examples of that, mm-hmm. you know, different sort of things I wanted to try in my life and I wanted to do. So for me, it was always like kind of hard to associate. Like when I would hear people say, like you just say, oh, when I had the babies, mm-hmm. you know, everything else got went away or got settled. And I was like, oh, well, I kind of found that. It was like somebody telling me once, we were talking about love. And I was like, I've actually been in love a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe all of those times were 100% true. And mm-hmm. I got something very rewarding out of those relationships. And it was great. Then I found, 
you know, somebody yeah. I loved even more. You know, like yeah. it didn't discount any of those things. Yeah. And this is one of those touchy topics because we have a lot of listeners who don't have kids so right. and don't want kids. Right. So this is definitely not, what I'm about to say is not a, if you don't have kids, you'll never you'll know. You'll never understand. Because what I want to say is I uh-huh. understood lots of other times in my life. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like where I had things happen for me that I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is great. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, you mean you had other great things in your life besides your children, Biz? That's not okay. That's I know, I know. Actually, but here's what's funny is, yes, I do. I feel 100% I love having my kids. I can't mm-hmm. imagine not having kids. But actually what's happened now that I have, I really appreciate the journey it took me emotionally to get to here. Mm. Like the journey, because mine wasn't, boom, first kid, I'm mm-hmm. here. Mine was, boom, first kid, my life is a total shambles, <laughs> uh-huh. right, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but in reflection now, I can say, I really am happy I had that journey. Mm-hmm. And as a result of having that journey, it sort of like realigns what time is, like like an urgency sort of thing, where like mm-hmm. there are still things that are on my list that I would like to develop and do and achieve, mm-hmm. you know, as myself, individual from being a mom. But thanks to being a mom, I understand that those things will happen in their yeah. own time. Yeah. And actually, I have, because of the journey I went through to get here, where I am feeling really confident and I'm feeling much better uh, after feeling like I lost some of those things after having a kid, I feel like, yeah, banjo is going to happen. Ooh, you know what I, I mean? Like that it. banjo's been sitting under my bed for six years. <laughs> Probably longer. But now I know that banjo will happen. Sure, you know, yeah. If I can make two children, I can learn how to play the goddamn yes. banjo. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just So for me, on a totally selfish thing, it's that I feel like I've actually gained some sort of new insight in sort of unlocking next levels mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Well, it's also just kind of like you're just – it's the same thing of like letting go of yeah. like oh, this has to happen by such and such. It's just right. being yeah. in the moment, expecting everything will be – Learning to be in the moment's another big another big score of having kids. Yeah. Learning to be in the moment. Oh, yeah. This will either come to you really easily or you will fight against it for many years. But once you finally let it go, mm-hmm. and because all we do is listen to Frozen in my house, <laughs> I just want to sing the let it go, the let it go. Um, but it is, once that happens, that's another big plus. That's yeah. another great, oh, yeah. great moment. It's like a drug. It is. The moment you're like, I'm... I am not going to do anything but this thing that really demands my attention right now. I don't know what's going to be happening in an hour. Yeah. So I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. You guys asked for it. Yeah. You guys asked for it. Yeah. We gave it to you. We enjoy being moms. Yeah. So there. So there. It's okay if you rolled your eyes the whole time we were talking. (laughs) (laughs) Because we were. Everybody, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Oh, look at you, doctor. You told me to say it that way. We have a medical history show called Sawbones right here on Maximum Fun where we talk about all the dumb, hurtful, damaging ways that we've tried to fix people over the years. Have you ever tried to put mercury on a syphilis shanker? Or maybe you tried to drill a hole in your head because you heard it would reduce your blood brain volume? That was dumb. 
But if you want to know exactly why and know about all the other people that try to do the same dumb thing you did, you can listen to our show every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. The highlight of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go first? Sure. Why not? Okay. Genius. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. So this weekend, Stefan took Catherine Bell to a Swedish sing-along, like, play date. I know. It was very cute. They had a really good time. So it was me and Ellis at home on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And... I sat down with him, started to feed him. He fell asleep. There were, like, a lot of things I should have done, mm-hmm. should have been doing once he fell asleep. But I just decided to sit there for the, like, four hours that they were gone, mm-hmm. watching back-to-back closer so episodes nice. with oh. this baby snuggled right on my chest. Oh, perfect. It was amazeballs. So good. It was good. I'm really glad you did that. I, I was like, good I, job. I feel really, I let it go. Good. Let it go. That's awesome. <laughs> How about you? Uh, we were staying at an Airbnb over the weekend, Ooh, visiting family, and um, this one was not as successful as our last Airbnb experience, but... Um, <laughs> when we were getting ready to go to bed, I realized, okay, we have no gates here and there's (laughs) stairs right outside his door. And we've only been here for like an hour before bedtime. So he's not going to know what to do if he gets up in the night and or where to go. And how do I know he'll come get me and not go down the stairs and either fall on the stairs or go get involved in like the kitchen and the living room, which has like, it was totally not childproof. Sounds like like a fail to me. Where are we going? Well, I put some dining room chairs um, to block him, and I was thinking, oh, God, I hope these, like, work to keep him from, like, going anywhere or to, like, get him. I put it so that he could come to me, but he couldn't get out into the rest of the house. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I hope this, like, works. And lo and behold, like, 5.45 a.m. the next morning, Jesse and I wake up in bed in the dark to the sound of metal chairs moving and I went he's up (laughs) and I like and I went and ran downstairs and he was totally in the kitchen but the genius was that the chairs woke me up because they were metal (laughs) and so it made noise for him to get to move them out of the way in order to get involved in whatever harmful things he was getting involved in in the rest of the house I'll take that as a genius it was a genius that was very good thank you that was very good my son's birthday is next week. He's going to be two years old, and he's been really into Veggie Tales music. Um, we have a couple CDs he loves to listen to, and there's one song in particular that he loves to listen to. And when we're in the car, he asks for it. And when it's over, he we cannot go on to the next song without listening to it again. So we like yesterday we literally listened to it five times in the car. <laughs> well, this morning. He um, asked for it, again, out of nowhere, nothing prompted him. So the genius moment comes. I pulled it up on my iPod. 
I put it on repeat. I locked my iPod and I left the room. <laughs> he listened to that song probably for 20 minutes, singing and playing and he- loving it. And I did not lose my mind having to listen to one song for 20 minutes. So, genius, he got his way. I'm still sane. All is good. Totally good genius. job. Good That's job. Great. Yeah. It is. That is really good. Yeah. That's genius. Good job. That's so good. We should immediately <laughs> remind ourselves yeah. what bad jobs we're doing. Fail. 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 You suck. Well, uh, why I have Ellis here is a classic super brain fail. Okay. So we had to move our record two recordings in a row. We had to move to Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week's and next week's. Mm-hmm. And apparently this week's was at our normal recording time just on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And our next week's is going to be in the morning. Mm-hmm. Different recording time. Mm-hmm. I just I just thought that was this week. Oh. I lined it up with my babysitter. I have a babysitter oh. all ready to go today. Oh. And then last night, I texted you. Thank God. I texted Teresa and I said, do you want a coffee in the morning? And you're like, we're recording at lunchtime. And I was like, <gasps> Of course, my sitter can't come. It's not her fault. Stefan's working uh, away from the house uh, Uh today. And that's happening more and more and more and more and more, which is great. Uh But I was just like, all right, baby's coming with me. But it was like such a moment of like, how did this get? How did I let it get all the way to this point? Scheduling is hard. I used to really do a lot of amazing yeah. multitasking thing. Yeah. That was my job. Yeah, it was your job. And I don't remember I don't remember it being this bad when I had Catherine Bell. Oh. I mean I was running conferences still with Catherine Bell. This I'm like, I cannot even get four days ahead. Super brain. Super fucking brain. <laughs> I mean children are a blessing. That's what the show's about. How about you? Um, I mine is mine is all about minor head injuries this week. Um, Oscar has like a mystery cut on his head. Oh, those are the worst! I have no idea where it came from, but it actually bled. I had to like clean it. It wasn't like it wasn't like requiring stitches. His pupils are fine. Right, his pupils are okay. Yeah, it was like a cut. I don't know. And then Simon, I went to change his diaper this morning, and I was like helping him lean down, like to lay down on the changing pad, and just like totally missed, and Uh, he laid his head down really hard on the floor, on the hardwood floor, and just like smacked his head and looked at me like, "What the fuck, mom?" Like you know, he was like looking at me like, "How did did I do this?" I was like, "I'm so sorry." Oh. So, I'm calling child services. Thanks. <laughs> I am a working mom who works in home health care, and I drive around the city with my hands-free pumping bra, a pump, and a car adapter. I hope I never get pulled over because I'm sure I would be a very interesting sight for a police officer. So yesterday I was driving and pumping and I always am never pumping enough for my daughter, but I uh, was feeling good and I was just pumping along and I suddenly felt something very strange on my leg and I looked down to find that I had out of the blue pumped so much that it was overflowing out of the bottle all over my leg and all over the seat of the car. So not only is there at least an ounce of breast milk that could have been given to my baby that is now actually just 
seeped into the seat of my car, I'm pretty sure that my car is going to smell like stale, rotten, disgusting breast milk for the rest of its life. And I had wet pants for the rest of my visits with all of my patients. And I probably also still smelled like disgusting, stale breast milk. (laughs) I can say I was so torn on it. I should have moved this over to rant, to the rant category. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I'm like, because it's still kind of amazing. Sometimes I get these. I'll be listening to the calls. I'll be editing, uh-huh. and I'll get so shocked by one that I hear uh-huh. that I, I, like, my mouth hangs open. Uh-huh. And this was one of them. Uh-huh. Driving and pumping. Yeah, I've heard of this. It sounds hard to me. That is the most incredible thing impressive. I have ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Yeah, it's impressive. That is so. And imp- dang, girl, your supply is. Like I mean, I get really, that, like, really whatever good. you were doing, whatever you were doing that day, because she yeah. says that like she says she usually doesn't she enough. doesn't have enough. Yeah, but whatever was on the radio, whatever uh-huh. bumps, whatever Something route you were taking, <laughs> redo that. Yeah. No, I think maybe we should have a discussion uh, someday about like the pressure of the breast milk. Yeah, that like Let's I lost an ounce, and yeah. then you just want to like cut yourself. Right, like we gotta right. let it go, let it go. <laughs> You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Teresa. Yes. Let's call a mom. Nice. It is nice. This week, we are going to be calling a mom living across the pond, as they say. Vicki <laughs> Charles, who writes the blog Single Mother Ahoy. Welcome, Vicki Charles. Hello. Hello. Yay. Yay. Hello. Vicki, <laughs> uh, we want to start off with the question we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? That's an easy question. Just me and my daughter, Samara, who's 22 months old. Oh, baby girl. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> and given that your blog is called Single Mother Ahoy, probably easy to figure that one out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody else here. <laughs> I checked the cupboards. <laughs> so you've got this wonderful blog that uh, talks about your experience being a single mom. We don't have a lot of some, yeah. We don't have a lot of single moms on sometimes, yeah, so it's good to get the single mom perspective. Yeah. Uh, Teresa and I constantly find ourselves saying how much we respect the shit out of the single mom because yeah. God knows it is hard with any age child to do anything, even with 18 people helping you. <laughs> yeah, somehow <laughs> it still is hard. Um, but the blog's hilarious, and it's really insightful, and it's great. And you seem to have found a total balance uh, as a being a single mom, but you also share a lot of uh, your personal history on the blog, and I kind of want to start there. You you share a story about how you got pregnant, uh, and at the time you were with an abusive uh, partner, and yeah, I, I really think this is relevant to a lot of our listeners because this is this is true for millions of women, yeah, all over the world. And uh, I, I was hoping you would you would share a little bit with us about the experience and coming out of the experience. Okay. Uh, oh, I don't really know where to start. I wasn't with him for very long. Um, <laughs> Good. His, <laughs> intense, <laughs> his, 
Yeah, surprise. His intention from the very beginning was that he wanted to get me pregnant and to have a baby. He wanted to have more babies with me. Um, in fact, before I'd even left the hospital with my premature baby, he was saying to me, well, we should be trying for another baby already. We need to have them close together. And, and I was there going, no, I don't even want to think about that. Oh. I know. Doesn't, didn't he already have like six other kids or something? Oh, uh, yeah. There are six living with him, uh, one that was born before those six, one that was born the week before my daughter that I wasn't aware was his until it was born. Um, and he got a girl pregnant while I was pregnant too. But that was my fault because I wasn't giving him enough sex. It's uh, my fault entirely. You're a horrible person, Nikki. You know, definitely. You know how that Definitely I, I had a whole conversation. I remember saying to my sister, because everybody knew the girl as well, and it was really embarrassing. Oh. Um, and I remember having a whole conversation with my sister, and I was saying, no, it's entirely my fault, though. It's my fault. I've been so horrible. And she was just thinking, what? Like, what planet are you from? What are right. you saying? Mm-hmm. But it, he, he had control over my head by that point, I think. Yeah, and, and I, I remember in reading the—it's a very powerful story, your birth story. And I remember I remember reading it and actually, like, being like, fuck yeah! Because, like, at one point in time, the contractions were so bad, and you yelled at him. You were like, you, you know, get off the phone with your mother or, like, something to that effect. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, oh, thank God for the power of childbirth <laughs> and sometimes just clearing your mind a little bit, you know? Like— don't fuck with a woman giving birth. I was just... that was, you know, that was in in the two days that I was in the hospital in and out of labor. That was the one time. I mean, yeah, I know. So I was scared to, to be the center of attention. I was scared to ask for anything, to say anything. Looking back, I think, my God, like, that's really, how did you get like that? Because it, he was, at one point, he was rubbing my back and it took me like 10 minutes or something to go, can you, can you not rub my back? It's making me feel a bit sick. And then it was, why am I not allowed to touch you? And I was like, oh, God. Well, but you know what? But I mean, I, I hear you say, looking back, but it happens. You know? Yeah. People get into these things very slowly. Very, it, it's, it's not always super fast. It's something that can creep up on you. And before you know it, you're in a relationship like this. Where yeah, and, 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 then, they, and you think it's you think it's just the way things are because yeah. he already had so many children. He knew so much more than me. That shouldn't be bothering you. That shouldn't. You're only pregnant. Just get up and do it yourself. You know, I shouldn't. I shouldn't know more than him. He's got six children. He obviously knows more than I do about any of it. So you, we, you have this beautiful baby girl. By the way, oh, she's gorgeous. Oh my gosh, she's so gorgeous. <laughs> she's so cute. <laughs> um. And when did you, what led you to, to to figure out that he, in fact, did not have the answers and that this was not what you wanted? You know, um, because she was premature, we were in hospital for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't very present at that time. And I was starting to feel a bit like, am I not important? Like, this is your baby. Like, you know. Um, and when they finally let us out, my health visitor came around and he was being really singy with me and really kind of, you should be staying at my house all the time. And I was going, but your house is disgusting and full of like, full of children at the time. <laughs> Sorry. And full of other children. <laughs> well, yeah, not even that though. He had, he had, um, at that point he just hatched several chicks and they were in his bathroom. So he had, I think about six chickens in a cage under a heat lamp in the bathroom. Wow. Oh, my God. And I was a bit like, oh, yeah, I don't, don't really want to bring my child over there, actually. Right. Um, and then when 
one day he left me. He told me that I was being um, irresponsible and, you know, just irrational and difficult. And he left and I was beside myself thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? I don't, I don't know how to do this on my own. And my health visitor came around one day and sat there and looked at me and she said, but you're already doing it. How many nappies has he ever changed? You know, right. how many times has he, he been here when he's been feeding her? Or, and I kind of looked at her and went, oh, yeah. And then she sort of, she's not, she wasn't allowed to tell me what she knew, but she asked me a few questions about what I knew about the other children's mother and where she was and what had happened and, you know, what would make you leave your children with somebody like that? What would they have to do to you to make it that bad? Right. And I sort of thought, oh, okay. And then one day she did come around here and stand in my doorway and say, if you were my daughter, I would stand here and physically stop you from going near that person ever again. Wow. And then I'm sorry. Sort of, I just want to make sure I understand who is this person? Your who was the person who was the person who was having these conversations with you? I think I think we. My, oh, I don't think you have them in the US. Yeah. Uh, my health visitor. She's like a a nurse kind of. They you're you're kind of under the care of the health visitor after you leave the hospital. Great. Okay. So it's like somebody maybe sort of like what we know of as a doula here. Somebody who comes to yeah, check yeah, on the mother. Like they they come around. They they weigh the baby. They check you're okay. Things right. like that. Nice. Okay. Very nice. Well, I love her. Yeah, she sounds oh, she sounds it. great, and thank God for her. <laughs> thank God for her. <laughs> so you have the courage. You totally break it off, and now here you are, a single mom. What? Yeah, it was scary, like you wouldn't believe. So we're 22 months in now, though, and you seem to be getting a really great handle on it. So at some point, there clearly was well, a moment for you. <laughs> Where you were like, I think I just realized, yeah, I think I just realized that really no parent really knows what they're doing. Right. Like at the start of it, I was like, oh my God, I've got no idea. I don't know what. And then you look around and you think, hang on, even the ones with a husband, they've got no clue either. You're no different. Just (laughs) back on. That's right. It's just two people looking at each other without knowing what to do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In that way, it was easier because I didn't have to argue with anybody over the decision. So I was just like, well, then she'll sleep in my bed. Um, and I'll feed her when she wants feeding, and you know, and it was it was just my decision all the way for everything, and it's made it so much easier for me. That's genius. That's great. That's so great because you're right. That's a big deal. There's a lot of debates sometimes in some households, and to be able to just be the main decision maker as well has to give you a great bout of just confidence in being a mom. You know, like this is yeah. it. There was a post that you did about how sometimes other people view the single mom. And I definitely know we don't, oh, yeah. I know we don't get into this very often about like uh, we talk a lot about like things said to mothers in general mm-hmm. that are horrible things to say to people or mm-hmm. assumptions that people make. But I think you're right. And I, I'd like you to talk a little bit about some of the assumptions people make about being a single mom. They well, around I where I live it's quite a small place and a lot of people know him and he's going around obviously with his version of events which is a little bit different than mine. Um and some people believe him, so I have that side of it as well, which is that, you know, I tricked him into getting me pregnant because I just wanted to get pregnant. I wanted to have a baby, um and I'm just this person that had a baby specifically so that I could claim benefits from the state and and all this. There's a lot of that people think that I'm kind of a, a leech on the state taking taking their hard-earned taxes. And I'm like, hang on, I work. Like, what do you want me to do? Right. Somebody put a comment Somebody put a comment on my blog once saying, I paid for 
everything in your house, rah, rah, rah. And I was just like, God, if I'd known, I would have really got a good TV. Right. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. if I'd known you were paying, I really would have actually bought nice things. <laughs> well, but that's true. There is, I think you're right, there's like this stereotype of single parents that, you know, because a lot of, uh, most single parents, clearly in the UK, I know this is true in the US, do need help from the government. Uh, to make ends meet. If they're not getting child support. Especially yeah. if they're not getting child yeah. support any, of any kind. And it becomes, there are other people who were so removed from that experience that they do see single moms as these quote-unquote leeches off the state. I've, I've heard that around here a million times. Mm-hmm. And it's not, yeah. I, I, it's, I just don't understand how that's even possible given the amount of attention and care that a child needs and mm-hmm. that a mother has to do to provide, or that a parent, mm-hmm. mother or single father, has to do to provide that to that child. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's mind-blowing to me. Uh, do, do you it's have... Bonkers, but also it's like, well, what would you have me do then? I can't put her back in. Right. You know, I have, the child needs to be kept for. What are you going what to... What do you want to do about it? Right, right. <laughs> Then one of my other favorite posts, uh, and I think this is true for lots of people, you did a post on what is your underwear saying about you, <laughs> which was remarkable <laughs> and made me think uh, twice about what my underwear may be saying about me. Would you, would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if you could share uh, with us a little bit on... on this is uh, appropriate for Valentine's Day. This is a very day. appropriate Valentine's Day <laughs> conversation about what your underwear says about you. But I think this is really true for all moms. Okay. Because I, okay, please. Okay. It's, the thing is, I, I nobody sees my pants ever. Like, <laughs> I don't have a boyfriend. I haven't had a boyfriend for a long time time um and i really when i was with my ex-partner i stopped really caring about how i look so my underwear came from primark which i don't know if you have the equivalent of Primark. it's basically like the cheapest shop you can go to to buy pants <laughs> and they were just plain black and then i hadn't bought any for ages the elastic had gone and i was where i work um in a handbag shop one day a week and i was there one day and i went to the toilet and came back and was like oh my god i just put my hand through my underwear pulling them up. <laughs> oh my gosh and um and I was talking to this lady who who was from Australia, and she said, um, I told her they were from Primark, and she said she'd never heard of it. And I said, oh, it's this fabulous place you go there. Everything's really cheap. Like, you get <laughs> underwear for, like, 50p. And um, and she just called her face and said, wow, do you think that little of yourself that you would only spend 50p on your underwear? <laughs> and it just, it really kind of turned it around, because then you think, God, yeah, like, I used to spend money on underwear. <laughs> it used to be, like, on my shopping list. And it just went, and she sort of said, said, I don't think it's great that you can get a new shirt for two pounds. I think it's kind of sad. And I was like, yeah, actually, that's that's a good point. So I stopped shopping there. <laughs> well, but it's, it, it happens to, I think, almost all moms. There's mm-hmm. like this weird phase, especially right after you have the baby and your body's doing a bunch of weird, horrible things. <laughs> and then you breastfeed and your body's doing a bunch of weird, horrible things. And like nothing fits right. And nothing's like, you just want like super comfortable. And you know, you're just ruining everything anyway. So yeah. like, why, yeah. why pay a lot of money for stuff? And then everything stops being horrible. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily. It for- takes, you, there's always like a moment where you're like, yeah. wait, is this me? Yeah. How did I, why am I in sweatpants every day? Yeah. Like, but there's something, it's a really hard thing. To, like I was reading that post and I was like, that is a hard thing. She's asking me. Yeah. What is my underwear saying about me? Yeah. My, 
Dr. Ware is saying that it has been a long time since I have bought yeah, it's time. proper underpants. Yeah. That's right. Um but uh but it was I just I just thought that was so insightful and that's just a great example of some of the really insightful posts that you have on your blog, which I really like. And Thank you. <laughs> I know, it, it's really fun, it's wonderful, and um and I hope all our listeners uh, will go and check it out. And we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us on the show and and for sharing your experience because I one of the best things to come out of that horrible is your daughter. And I Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's completely changed my life to have her. So I can't regret a single moment of anything that went before. Oh, you know what? So today, uh, Teresa and I on the show were talking about what are because we we constantly kind of talk about all the hard things about parenting. <laughs> and today we decided to dedicate the show to the really good things, like the things that make us happy to be moms. So, so give us, why don't you, why don't we, why don't we wrap up the call with what is one of your favorite things about being a mom? My, I have to say, uh, yesterday we, we left nursery and we're walking home. Um, and my daughter's just learning to speak. So she's just coming out with random, she's, She's learned a few words that sound a bit like swear words. But <laughs> yesterday, she pointed up in the sky and went, mm. oh. <laughs> That was like the highlight of my week. It was so lovely. Oh, that's just so good. Seeing them kind of going from, because she, she weighed five pounds when she was born, and yeah. they had to suddenly be walking down the street in a pair of wellies, kind of going, mm. It was like, ha. Oh. That's, I did that. I helped her do that. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's right. And that's, that's the important thing to remember. And that's something we didn't touch on. And that is our children are all wonderful and perfect because of us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Vicki, thank you so much. We're going to link everybody up to um, singlemothersahoy.com. Uh, and uh, we'll hook them up to your wonderful Twitter account. And we just thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Brain waves send a message. Pick up the phone. When you I call, is moving now. No longer stone. When you I call, hand reaches out. Hi, I'm homosexual Brian Safi. And I'm Erin Gibson, and we host a show on Max Fun called, called Throwing, Throwing Shade. Shade. It's Here's about what a, we do. Okay. It's amazing. Well, I wanted to say it. Oh, I wanted to say it. Well, let me go. Okay. It's about a gay man. And a gay woman. Oh, well, you're not gay. Oh, a straight woman. Yeah. I forget. And we go through women and gay issues and treat them with much less respect than they deserve. And I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes we drink when we do it. But it's always fun. It's always informative. It's, in, it's very informal. And... You can uh, wear boxers or briefs. Subscribe for free in iTunes or go to MaximumFun.org. I love her. Yeah. And it's it's so funny. I had started reading her blog. Uh, she had been recommended. Her blog had been recommended to me through some of our Twitter followers. And I was really enjoying it. The whole single Ahoy mom experience that mm-hmm. she was giving. And it, it was a while before I even got to her history. Mm-hmm. And I was so surprised by the history, given how, what a confident, brilliant mom she she is. And it just kind of reminded me that there are a lot of paths to getting to our kids. Mm-hmm. And 
it is, again, super important that we're all really conscious of other moms when they're with their kids. We don't know what's going on at home and what the history is. And it's why we want to continue to encourage each other and be supportive and tell people they're doing a great job. There's a good chance for lots of women all over the country, somebody's not telling them they're doing a great job. It is incredibly easy to find yourself in situations like that. And it can sneak up and catch you off guard, but I just give her so much credit for recognizing it and getting yourself into a really healthy situation for her and her daughter. So again, I just hope that everybody will go check out the blog. But even more, I just appreciate how much she reminds me that maybe I should be taking better care of myself as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like in general. Yeah, I just I just loved it. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, seems appropriate to listen to a mom have a breakdown. <laughs> I mean, talk about how great children are. I have recently found out I'm pregnant. Yay, me. But um, I work retail. I'm eight and a half weeks pregnant. And a lady came up to me and asked me how far along I was and when I was due. Complete stranger. Complete stranger. And um, I'm like, I'm only eight and a half weeks pregnant. I don't know what's worse being asked if you're pregnant when you're only eight and a half weeks pregnant or, you know, those idiots that ask you if you're pregnant when you're not pregnant. Um, Because even if it's my second, there's no way I'm showing at eight and a half weeks pregnant. So it made me feel real awesome that I'm big enough to be asked if I'm pregnant. And I am pregnant, but no, I'm not pregnant enough to be asked if you're pregnant. And the worst thing about it is she was pregnant. She was like six months long and a tiny little girl. And I was like, yeah, I'm only eight and a half weeks pregnant. She's like, oh, really? She's like, yeah. Um, She's like, I never really started showing until a couple months ago. I didn't know she was pregnant until she said she was pregnant. She was so tiny. So back to, you know, what we've all said a hundred times, never ask a woman if she's pregnant. Never. Never assume she's pregnant. Never anything. Because... That made me feel like crap for the rest of the day. So thanks, random lady coming into my retail store asking me how far along I am. Thanks. I I think we should maybe rename the rant section. Don't ask a woman if she's pregnant. (laughs) Just period. Just in general. Is that like what, 50% of our calls or something? 50% of our calls are. the People who, poor women who've had this happen to them. Yes, poor women who've had this happen to them. There should just be like a shirt automatically. Yeah. That's just like, don't. Don't. It just says don't. Don't. Just don't. (laughs) Don't do it. Uh, Or it just says, yes. Now don't. Yes. (laughs) Yes, now don't. don't. Teresa. Yes. We've learned a lot on this very special Valentine's Day episode, possibly one year anniversary (laughs) of our show. And that is, one, we like being a mom. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. It is. It is. We're not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. We'll go back to feeling bad about it next week. So don't worry about it. We're not doing that to anyone. Right. We're just enjoying it for our own selves. That's okay. That's right. Two... If you bring a baby to work, just try to constantly feed them the entire time. Keep so they your stay, boob out. Keep your boob out. Keep your boob out. 
It's another T-shirt. Keep your boob out. It's not what you think. <laughs> Three, tell each other what a good job you are doing. Because mm-hmm. you know what? You are doing a good job. If you don't have kids, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. It's All of the things that make you feel good are completely 100% valid, mm-hmm. even if you never want to have kids. Yeah. So good for good job. Yeah. Moms and dads who sometimes feel like maybe they shouldn't talk about how much they're enjoying having kids, fuck it. Talk about it. It's, it's okay. Yeah. It's good, too. Yeah. You got to balance health. Doesn't all... make you an asshole to Doesn't... enjoy it. That's right. No. All those people on Facebook who are like, I'm tired of seeing people's baby pictures. Then what else is the point of Facebook? Uh, exactly. Somebody people. proved to me some other reason for <laughs> Facebook why and Why else would I go there? That's right. That is why they made block buttons. So block. <laughs> you want to see my baby? Block my baby. Otherwise, bask in the joy and glory of my beautiful baby. And click oh. like. <laughs> and click and say like. something nice. Just click the fucking like button. <laughs> Pretend you're paying attention. You're all doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. Teresa? Yeah. You are doing a good job. Thanks. So are you. I am because I kept this baby quiet this whole Yeah, that was amazing. Show. Yeah. Haven't heard a peep out of him. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> or Valentine's Day miracle. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, daddy, baby, fussing by, got thrown down mama through. Oh, said daddy, baby, fussing by. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Listener supported.